0: Hello everyone, Jason here, and thank you so much for listening to the IACast. Due to the nature of the tech industry, by the time you record an episode and get your episode posted on the website, sometimes the news can change, and that is what happened here. This episode was recorded on May 19th, and one of the topics we had discussed was that Huawei's Android license was pulled by Google. During the show, we implied that that meant that Huawei devices would lose access to the Play Store. However, that is not the case. The U.S. has eased some of the trade restrictions, and Google is now going to be working with Huawei. They have an extension for 90 days, so devices will continue to receive security updates, and we will put an article in the show notes that talks about this extension. Thank you so much for listening to the episode, and we hope you enjoy it.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 118 of the IA Cast. And this week I'm here with Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. Jason Earls. Hello. And Sarah Lanier is back with us.
2: Hi everybody. I'm fighting a cold, so I may not sound as normal as I usually do.
1: Well we're we are very glad to have you. Okay. Well we've skipped a week since we did a show, but we've had a lot of good content since then. Indeed. What all have we put up, guys?
3: Let's see what's gone up and what's going up. This is when we have to sort things out. Um,
0: the the, the
3: Xbox One went up. Yeah,
0: the Xbox One unbox. The uh, Did the Instant Pot go up before? The Instant Pot the, is yes. The up. Instant Pot is up between
1: now and the, yeah. la, our last yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. we had a few things. So we hope you've enjoyed those, and we're going to have yeah, a lot I more like content coming. More.
3: I feel like there yeah. was two, but
1: we have so much content going. To <laughs> yeah, fun. we have stuff. We, we, we more have stuff. stuff.
3: Stuff. More stuff.
1: Hmm. <laughs> more stuff. So keep expecting more stuff and more, even more stuff. And I even have an announcement.
3: Announcement.
1: Ooh. Yes. Announcement? We are going to be looking into transcription services for all of you guys that would like to see cr- transcripts of our shows. So that will be coming very soon to the IACast network. Awesome. Yes.
0: Ooh.
1: hmm So new features, new ways to find us because, you know, that's going to help our search engine optimization along with accessibility. So very exciting stuff. So let's go ahead and move on to the news. And there's been some very interesting stories since we had this show last. Aliyah, do you want to talk about this Apple lawsuit? So the lawsuit
3: isn't new. Um it's the decision that the Supreme Court made that would allow the lawsuit to continue, which is new. So the lawsuit itself is not new. Consumers are suing Apple and saying essentially that the existence of the app store as the only ability or as the only way for people to install apps on their devices is causing an inflation of prices um and customers aren't happy about it and apple is essentially saying well then 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 that's a developer issue you know you need to be the um you need to be going after the developers or the developers need to be coming after us, which it doesn't hold water. Um, they were trying to use an argument that essentially said that um, the customers purchasing apps were not the direct customers of Apple, which is it, it just doesn't hold water. So the Supreme Court um, has allowed the case to continue. I don't know. That the customers will win just based on history and and things like that, I think it's gonna be a very tough case to win but um it's it's interest- it's gonna be interesting to see where this goes because um you know obviously no actual decision has been reached in the case yet, but um it will it will definitely be interesting to see what happens.
1: Well, and this is on top of the other lawsuits and requests by developers and others to allow for default apps in iOS. You know, Spotify did a very big video campaign t- telling customers why they can't have Spotify be the default music app and, you know, different things and how uh, and why uh, Spotify can't let users sign up on iOS. Yep. So. And...
3: Audible's the same way. You cannot buy books on iOS. You can on Android.
1: Right. Because Apple takes a 30% cut of that revenue, of any digital revenue. And so there are antitrust lawsuits like crazy going on because of this. And rightfully so, in my opinion. Now, some argue that... If they did change these things and allowed for sideloading and other things of apps and other app stores, it would introduce viruses.
3: Yeah, but since when is Apple my babysitter? I mean, if I buy a $1,000 phone, I should be able to do with it what I want. Um, that's That's just my thought on it.
0: Well, and not just that, but I mean, just because Apple is monitoring the apps in the app store is no guarantee that you're not going to be able to install an app that is got some malicious code on your phone because you know these these guys are human. You know, they make mistakes. Malicious apps have made it into the App Store before, so that's not a foolproof method of protection.
3: No, not at all. And just based on the inconsistency of the app review process, you know, one app could get turned down by one developer or one one employee of Apple and then that same app could have been in the App Store doing the same thing for months. But when an update is released, it could get uh denied. So it's just inconsistent. So, you know, and there are some there are some apps that have made headlines that have been apps pretending to be well-known apps, but really just being malware, um, kind of things. And of course Apple has immediately removed them, but uh they exist.
1: Well and then there's the enterprise profile thing that right. uh has had Apple remove several apps. But a solution to this is, you know, Google built the Google Play Protect antivirus program that will go and scan your apps for malicious code. So I don't know, I, I don't know the actual solution, but I would love to be able to side load my own apps.
2: Yeah, I think well, it would be cool. I wonder I, though, if you were able to do that, if that would encourage developers to abandon the free or ad supported models in favor of charging more for the apps because they are side loaded. So instead of like your ninety nine app, now you're paying nineteen ninety nine for that same app because you're side loading and it's not going through the app store. I actually think it will make
0: them cheaper. Yeah. Yes. Because. I feel like (laughs) it's the app store right now, Sarah, that's encouraging what you're saying about, you know, developers charging more for their apps because of the way um, Apple manages it, you know, their cuts and everything. I mean, you've got apps like, um, uh, I I think Spotify even is encouraging their users to sign up outside of the app store by raising the price for iOS users to 13 bucks a month. Because of all this, and I and Spotify is not the only app that's 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 doing this.
3: No, and and you got to you you think about the thirty percent cost. That's any anything somebody spends, whether it's in the app store or in the app itself, Apple takes a cut. And then you also have, which is small change for many mainstream developers, but not so small for some. Uh, Blindness-specific or disability-specific or niche developers is the $100 a year developer cost. Get so, in the door card. Right, right. So there is that cost, even though it's very small to most, but um, it's definitely there.
1: I mean, even if you have a free app, you have to pay $100 a year. Now, that gets you marketing. That gets you ad space if you use it. That gets you... um you know, if you if they promote your app on their main screen, that do, they do all of that. So there's a lot you get for it, but at the same time, it's still a hundred dollars a year. And if your app doesn't do that well, then you're going to not get that promotion anyway. And if you have free apps, then you're not
0: making any money anyway. Yeah. So I was just thinking about something, Michael. I'm pretty sure you should be able to at least give an interesting perspective on this question, as you are a developer. But um, I was thinking about the ability for, you know, every uh, everybody's re- uh, reaction who is against this. A lot of it is, you know, security-based. Oh, sideloading apps on your device is going to introduce viruses. It's going to open you up to a whole host of other things. And while that's true, iOS is already sandboxed, right? So couldn't Apple, you know, continue doing that and then continue to allow apps to not be able to access the entire... Um, operating system like they might be able to on other platforms
3: you they could do that but i think that customers would get a little upset because if if you have an app that needs access to certain information such as your contacts or other things and if it's sideloaded it can't have it that might make customers a little upset
1: well technically they could make it just as if it was the app store where you had to ask for permission Yeah,
0: that's what I'm saying.
1: At the same time, what Apple could do is what they do on the Mac. And that is make it to where you can make out of App Store certified apps. So they go through a review process and uh, you put your certificate behind it. So you're digitally signing that app and the OS will only run it if it's signed, depending on how you have Gatekeeper set and... That allows for security. If they did that on iOS, I think that they would be in a good spot. That's just my thoughts. But we need to go ahead and move on to our next topic. And that happened today. Apparently, Google has pulled the license of Android that Huawei uses. So Huawei can now no longer use Android on their devices.
3: Somebody cue the funeral dirge, ladies and gentlemen. Now I,
0: I think technically they can still use the open source. Yeah they can still use Android. The, they, yeah, they can use open source stuff, but they can't use things like the Play Store um right. and I guess other Google services. Which is a good portion of Android now.
3: <laughs> yeah, sure. Well it is. yeah.
0: Um I actually read an article a while ago where somebody from uh I forget where it was if I find it I can I can post it on Slack or something. But um basically Huawei was talking about how they were sort of trying to prepare for this eventuality anyway by developing their own operating system. And I just it's interesting that this is fish offic- you know, that this is actually happening now. I just wonder how ready they are uh for it because it's not really been all that long ago. Like it's only been a couple months, I think.
1: Well, what does it say about the credibility of their organization?
3: Not much. I I mean, even if I could get one of their devices, I wouldn't
2: want one.
1: Especially after this.
2: Do you think this has any political move on Google's part?
1: I don't think so. It could, but I feel like it is. We don't want our technologies in devices that may be compromised. So, my question to you guys and everybody in our audience: Would you buy a phone that google the 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 ones who want to know everything decided we don't want to know about that and remove their license would yeah, you I
0: personally would not no. <laughs> no
3: no that that just feels like i'm I'm doing a little bit worse than buying a Facebook portal if you know what i mean <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: Well, the interesting thing is, you know, they just came out with some amazing hardware this year. Some great laptops running Windows 10. And now, will that be the next thing? Will Microsoft pull their Windows license? I don't know. But, you know, they came out with that. They came out with their uh, the folding phone that they came out with, that they were working on. So what does that mean? And then all current phones, Google Assistant and Google Services will not work on. Ouch.
3: I I think there are going to be some really angry customers demanding uh, compensation for this, because what if you had one of these devices and your whole Google life? I mean, your whole, we, we talk about how we're so embedded in the Apple walled garden. And then, you know, people are the same way on Android. So what if you had all of your life embedded in Google services and then, nope, no more. And You're then gonna have about to replace the people your device. who
2: Sorry. Sorry, Aliyah, I thought you were finished. <laughs> um <laughs> but what about the people who don't know where their phones come from? I mean, you know, you've got a a good segment of the population that goes to the carrier store and says, "I need a new phone." And so they may not realize what manufacturer actually makes their phone. Um Because either they're not observant enough or they're going to get, you know, whatever they feel is the better value. So that's only going to add to the annoyance factor, I'm thinking, because they're not going to understand why all of a sudden their phone's not working like they think it should. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting point that you bring up because I have come across some people who not only don't know who makes their phone, but they don't even know what phone they have. Period, like, but they, they don't need may to know that it runs Android, but that's it. <laughs> like,
3: that, that that brings that brings me to mind of the Big Bang Theory episode where Sheldon's in the computer store and he says, and he, and he's trying to help a customer and he says, "Now, what kind of computer do you have?" And please don't say a white one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's oh my gosh, wow! But
2: I mean, it, it happens if you're not if you're not up into technology, if that's not a hobby of yours or something that you follow, you just go and you get the phone. And a lot of times you end up with, you know, whatever promotional phone the carrier is promoting that month. Right. Because it's the cheaper version or, you know, they give you some great deal and you don't pay attention to who made it.
1: You know, the thing about this that's, you know, really interesting. This does not just affect the U.S. You know, the U.S. users could not buy Huawei phones. But now, you know, not just here, but everybody in the world doesn't have Google services. So it's a global scaled issue. So I don't know. I, I'd be very curious how other people around the the world feel about this. And I, I hope they let us know at feedback at iAccessibility.net.
3: Yeah, because I do know that some blind people were using these phones. And so it would be interesting to know how this impacts them.
1: Now that's a question. That's oh, a question.
3: Is the phone going to quit talking? Oh. Ooh, that could be... That's a problem.
0: Um, Will talk back be permanently suspended? You would... <laughs> Suspend talk, would... talk now, back? <laughs> I was trying really hard not to actually do that.
1: You can probably sideload the accessibility suite, but I don't yeah. know how many Google services it will need to work.
3: Well, and there's the new um, commentary screen reader that some people are playing with that is, I think, Chinese, actually. So, Ooh,
0: I've never heard of this one.
3: Um, yeah, I haven't put it on my phone because there are some interesting slightly... Concerning privacy things, um, that I just can't deal with, so I haven't put it on my device. What
0: about, yet. what about S- is Spiel still around? Could they maybe install Spiel or Shine or whatever the other one was? Uh, the
3: other Although one was, I guess they yeah, were in the Shined Play Store Plus, though. I think they were in the Play Store.
0: I, I, well, actually, I think, I think Spiel did have a download link though. I don't know if don't that's, that's still remember. a
2: thing. I doubt it.
0: I don't. I don't remember.
2: And are you going to have access to that outside of the U.S.?
0: Well, I mean, you should with Spiel, yeah. if it were if it's still around. Um, I don't know what the current state of Spiel is, but... Uh,
3: I haven't heard about it in a like, long, long time, so I'm guessing it's dead. But I don't know as much about Android things.
1: Yeah. But let it be known, folks, that this is a primarily Android-centric show today. Yeah. Right. I think the bunch of Apple people. I
3: think or at least two. Right. Ones. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. I have. I have a Google Pixel. I have one.
2: I swear.
0: I have a Pixel Book. Kind of. I have a
2: Fire <laughs> Tablet, and that's the only thing I have that that works. That's Android. Android. Yeah, it's Android. <laughs> it's forked, but it's Android.
1: <laughs> so, I want to take a minute and talk about something here at iAccessibility now, and that is. Our developer services but from a different angle. One of the things that we do at iAccessibility is we do really well is we really promote our community and so we would like to see more folks join iAccessibility that are interested in learning to develop or know how to develop apps to help us build a developer team to build amazing and useful products that can enrich the lives of everybody that uses them. So developers would work on apps like Pocket Braille, VO Starter, and uh, others, even the iAccessibility app for iOS and Android. So if you are interested and want to get some experience developing, send an email to feedback at iAccessibility.net and we can give you some tasks to try to see if you can develop and to improve your skills. All right, it's on to our main topic for today and that is yet again google related
3: don't you mean google nest related oh wait what oh
1: yeah that's one thing
3: it is all of the google home products now are like google nest products in fact my google home hub now says google nest hub window rather than google home hub as it used to so very interesting
0: and yep, I, don't, I don't i don't know that i like it no one <laughs> It doesn't flow as nicely as Google Home Hub. Well,
3: and there are some other issues where certain integrations um, that used to work are kind of being phased out. Like? Um, I heard about this, um, and I'm trying to remember where I heard about it, but like, if you use A-Lady to control your nest stuff... You're gonna have to wait until Amazon and Google partner to, essentially, to allow you to control your Nest stuff with your A lady. It's gonna that doesn't sound good. No, no, no. Um, there are some there are some specific integrations, and I'm gonna find some information about this and and put it in the show notes because I don't want to speak untruths. But um, it does seem a bit concerning for those who don't own a Google home product. Um because that uh, yeah. Got a thermostat? Well you might need to buy a Google Home Mini.
2: Uh, uh, so nope. is that nope. gonna become nest a Google Mini.
3: Nest Mini? Oh my. That that just puts me in mind of like this picture of this little tiny like hummingbird nest.
2: Like
1: so so are they gonna be <laughs> That's calling funny, the, I was the, picturing the same thing. <laughs> are they gonna be calling the home app now the Nest app?
2: Oh. Are we going to be all myself. living in nests? I, uh, I haven't seen it change the, on my phone yet.
3: Well, I yeah, hope it hasn't it doesn't changed on mine either. Because I personally don't like the idea of sleeping in grass, let me tell you. Uh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's assuming that's what your nest is built out of.
3: I thought, well, it could be hair and sticks. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, just,
1: I like Internet the Google cables. Home branding, and I think they could have rebranded the Nest products more than they could have rebranded the home products.
0: Yeah, I really wish that is what they had done. Like, and it was so weird, too, because all I knew is that the Nest Hub restarted, and apparently it had nothing to do with it getting an update, but I didn't know that at the time, but it wasn't until that happened that mine started saying Nest Hub, so I wonder when mine actually installed the update. It was very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But we've got two new Pixel phones,
3: the 3A and the 3 axl F, 3A Yeah, have fun with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so these are phones. They start at three ninety nine. Um, and they have the fabulous Google Pixel camera in them. Um, that seems to be one of the few things that they kept from the high end Pixel phones. Um, they are made of plastic. Um. Mostly, except for your touchscreen, the 3A and 3A XL have headphone jacks, which contrary to popular belief, I personally don't, I don't know that this is a step back for Google. I think their thought process might have been, well, what if people who are buying these phones may be less likely to have Bluetooth headphones? So, yeah. We need to do something so that they can have access to their audio. It does still use USB C, but there is no wireless charging, so um, and a slightly slower processor. But to the layperson, that's not going to matter.
0: Well, I think it matters a little bit, but it's not going apps to like definitely start up slower. Yeah, apps are gonna apps are gonna start up slower. I don't know how impactful that's going to be to something like TalkBack. Uh, Well, I mean, if Talkback can
3: run on the crappy little two hundred dollar Samsung whatever, it can run on. I mean, it won't run as well, but I don't think it's going to be a stop point for Talkback.
0: Yeah, and the don't the phones come in two sizes? Aren't they thirty-two and sixty-four gigabyte sizes?
3: No, no, Uh, only one size. Wow, that's sixty-four want
0: to say like for me that would work that's respectable
3: i think it's 64 um
0: i think you're right um and i know that they have contracts with um you can buy them at carriers though apparently at&t is not one of the character carriers in the u.s that you can purchase these phones from characters
3: (laughs) (laughs) get it they didn't want to play
0: yeah i Um, I got that uh, they didn't want to google play
1: i'm i'm sure verizon (laughs) still has the exclusive though on the (coughs) financing Probably.
0: I would imagine
1: I so, know. but I'm not sure. So these phones are nice if you want a more affordable alternative, and they are good. That's the thing, guys. They really They're are. They're good phones. For what you're getting, you're getting a good phone. I haven't seen one yet. I'd like to see it just to check it out, but I like my Pixel 3 XL.
3: Oh, yeah. And, and and the nice thing is they're running stock Android. So for those of us that are a little bit of a stock Android snob, me now. Me. <clears throat> uh, hey, I
0: tried to convert you a long time ago. Yeah, well. No, I'm going to try Samsung.
3: And you see how that worked. The, Okay,
0: I do. I don't
3: like it. Some people do. Some people are in love with Samsung. I'm not.
1: Personal. Well, they make very nice looking phones. Yeah, it un- looks unless nice, they, fold and they, and they, <laughs> and they
0: fold, then they well, supposedly you, you gotta know when to fold
3: them, don't you? Know
0: I'm sure they're working no, on it. No, you got know
1: I just feel like the technology is too premature. <laughs>
2: um, but 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 they had to come out and say they had it. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, because apparently they don't have any Google-based competition anymore. Oh!
2: Ouch.
3: Anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> for those in favor of a stock Android experience, the 3A is really nice.
0: Exactly, and I'm honestly really glad that Google has done this because ever since the, what was it, the Nexus 6, I think it was, when the uh, starting price was 599 or 600 bucks, 699 something like that. I was like, Google really needs an affordable option because that was one of the great things about the Nexus phones is because they were affordable phones, they weren't crappy, they had you know very decent specs, especially for the price, and it really got you into being able to use the stock Android. In fact, when before I got my uh, iPhone 4S at the time, if it weren't for the availability of the Nexus phones... I may not have had an accessible phone that was able to do what I want, running a version of Android that I knew was going to work well with TalkBack. So I was all I'm. I always have been, and as far as I can see, it right now always will be very fond of that line of phone. So it's very awesome, to, in my opinion, that Google has brought the Pixel Three A and Three A XL. A it yeah three ax three axl into existence very very nice even if it is polycarbonate I'm sure it feels pretty decent because I felt some pretty nice feeling polycarbonate products
1: yeah and so there were some great other announcements at Google I/O this time and. Those had to do a lot with uh, deafblindness and other accessibility features, believe it or not. They talked about this new live captioning features that will be in uh, Android Q that will caption videos anywhere in the OS and I believe audio as well. What are y'all's thoughts on that?
3: I think that's really, really neat. It'll be interesting to see how well it does. And I hope that it will play nice with TalkBack. Because, I mean, that, that would be kind of, kind of, um, I, 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 and, and, and I'm still disappointed about braille and I, I, I worry about the deaf blind user being able to use the Android platform very efficiently. And, and so I don't know how this would work with braille, um, as far as outputting the captions,
2: but. It would be interesting to to know that. I think if it's done well, that it would be beneficial um, and reach a segment of the population that otherwise might not have access to that information. But if it's done poorly, it could be detrimental to that same segment of the population. And I I think before I form an opinion on what I really think about it, I'd want to hear how it worked and how accurate it was. Because I know like the transcription for voicemail isn't always accurate and has lots of holes in it so yeah I would hope that that wouldn't be the case for this type of transcription
1: Yeah but it it's interesting because I went to a podcasting session at Access U this week and I I always thought it was if you're going to do it do it right or not at all but the consensus is some transcription is better than no transcription and that's just fascinating to me and it makes sense because if you have no access you have no access but if you have some at least you have that so it's a very interesting
0: thing yeah it it's it's going to be very interesting to see how it's implemented um and honestly just slightly sidetracking a little bit, Sarah, I think part of the issue with voicemail transcription is just the quality of the voicemails in general. There's not as much data for the transcription service as audio data for the transcription service to look at.
3: It's also lower quality. I'm not sure.
0: Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the voicemail itself is lower quality, so it's not able to distinguish what you're saying as clearly as if you were using dictate. Right.
3: And of course, you've got the disadvantage that if You're not going to get punctuation unless the caller literally dictates that punctuation into your voicemail. So there is that as well.
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that, Aaliyah, because that's true of Apple's voicemail transcriptions, but it's not necessarily true of carrier transcriptions. (laughs) Um, When I get a voicemail, I'm on T-Mobile, and when I get a voicemail, and I don't think I can turn this off, unfortunately— Either that or I, I I can't make my iPhone use T Mobile's transcriptions to appear in visual voicemail, which makes me sad. But anyway, they send me a text message. So like, let's, you know, if your phone number was like one through zero, you know, one two three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, it would show up as a text message from that number, and then it would say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, zero, and then it would like it would show me the transcription in the message. And I did some testing on this. If you pause when you speak, it at least is smart enough to insert periods so that you don't end up with the Apple situation where you end up with a giant run on sentence for voicemails. And it actually, of course, because it's pausing, it's making it a lot nicer to read with screen readers like voiceover than it would be with Apple's implementation. So they kind of can do some punctuation.
2: huh? That's actually cool, Jason. I wish I
3: had access to that. Yeah, I mean, and and what does it do? For example, Apple's voicemail transcription when it doesn't know what you said, it doesn't guess. Oh yeah, it just underscore 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 underscore. What does T-Mobile do about that?
0: Um, Or does it just guess? or have
3: you paid attention? (laughs) That's likely.
0: I think. Just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to need to do some testing with that actually because I don't know. I think it I think it uses dashes but I'm not I'm not sure. It might just skip it. No, I'm not I'm not sure.
2: No, I have a random question that I don't know if you would know the answer to Michael, but I know a lot of times um especially during severe weather like our local TV station will turn on a transcription service for um those who are deaf or hard of hearing. And that captions everything that the meteorologists are saying. So would Google be using something similar to that for the video transcriptions? Or are they building this from the ground up?
1: Ground up. They're actually, I believe, using the same thing that they use for the YouTube live cap, uh, captioning,
0: which is meh. Boo? So if you tap on a YouTube video and you end up... Because I've had this happen... I've looked at a YouTube video and then voiceover starts reading what's being said as ah. it's being said in the, um, in the video, almost it, it, it behaves like a live region. So that's their, uh, that's the, um, that's it. YouTube live caption stuff. Now think about how powerful that is. If you have a braille display.
3: Oh yeah. It would be great if you have your message display time set properly. Um,
0: yeah. Like I've, I've seen that be really accurate actually. Actually that will update when the, uh, it won't change the message time. It changes. Yeah, it updates when the video dialogue changes. Mm-hmm. They keep up. They synchronize it with the dialogue of the video.
3: Right, but I could see that. Like, if I, I don't think that that the implementation with Braille is is good enough such that it would work well. I don't know, but possibly on iOS. Maybe, maybe that's a big maybe. There are some serious Braille problems. In iOS right now.
1: So, in other news, the Google Assistant got some big updates.
3: <laughs> it got big updates, and it got smaller, because yes. it's now going to be on device.
1: <laughs> and we're not sure if that's going to be on all pixels, but it's saying the new pixels later this year will have it. Boo. So, I would hope that they're going to bring it to our pixels as well on, That'd be on nice, but Android Q.
3: I doubt it. It's annoying, but... I definitely doubt it. And as somebody who's not going to be updating my phone next year, I don't think just that's sad.
0: But I think when yeah, the, I wish, go ahead. I was just going to say, yeah, I wish they, 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 they would bring that over to their older um, phones, at least the pixel three, if not the two, but I feel like that should be something that you well, would be able to.
1: It's very interesting because well. a lot of their camera technology, they bring backward, like this new uh, night sight feature is going to be, ported back to the Pixel 2 and earlier. So I kind of hope they keep with that.
0: Well, another interesting thing about Google Assistant, have you guys heard of, um, did you guys see that they're working on, I think the project is called uh, Euphonium or Euphonia or something like that. I think it's Euphonia. Yeah. Euphonia. And it's designed to make Google Assistant better able to um, understand you if you have something like ALS or you have some other um, yes. speech yeah, and it showed really issues going on.
2: That'll be good, especially for people who have thicker accents that it doesn't quite understand.
1: And then one of the things that's interesting is they're bringing Duplex to more things. Online, you can order a ride online. You could do all kinds of things. And Duplex will now also screen your calls.
2: Interesting. So does it talk to the robocall for you? Like, or no, I'm not interested in that. This is why.
1: You can make it be you on your behalf.
2: That's Interesting.
3: I wonder, I don't know how that would work, depending on the complexity of conversations.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, if a conversation gets too complex, I think Duplex turns it over to a actual human. Yeah. But
1: there's really some neat Google Assistant features, and this
0: just shows how far behind Siri really is.
3: Yeah, it kind of does.
0: Yeah, we need on-device Siri. Do we know if these new features are going to be available to I? Because I, I know that we, at least in iOS, do get some duplex features with Assistant. I'm not sure how much we're going to get.
3: So, um, um, one thing that is also new is that you no longer have to try to summon your Google Assistant when it has an alarm or timer going off. You can simply say, stop. So, for those of us who that will be are incredibly good at rolling over and yelling, Hey, ladies, stop. Oh, when it's 5.30 in the morning, um, not so good for us, but for others, it's it's pretty good.
1: So they came well. out with some really cool stuff, and it's Google's developer conference, so I'm sure a lot of the things were, develop- were dedicated to developers. But it's just very exciting to see what kind of stuff they come out with at these uh, conferences. What was y'all's favorite
0: thing to hear about?
3: on device google assistant i think for me it was pretty cool
0: mine's a toss up between on device google assistant and project euphonia there was another one that had to deal with machine learning i think for assistant i don't remember a lot of the details anymore i need to go back and find it there's a there's a um i think it's bgr that has done a, a really good um google io recap and there was uh all kinds of places that have done really good um, Google I.O. recaps, and you can actually go watch the videos, can't you, still? Yes.
2: I like the stop feature because I'm always <laughs> setting a timer in the kitchen, <laughs> and it would just be so much easier just to say, got it, or stop that, than to have to say, hey, to the assistant.
0: They need a feature. Like, if, if, if your um, assistant is far enough away from you, if it doesn't stop, you could be like, don't make me come back there. <laughs> it eventually stops your alarm.
1: All right. So I think that about sums up our coverage of Google I.O. And this brings us to one of the segments that we don't get to do often on the show, but it's starting to happen more and more. Thanks to our Slack community. Um, We have a question, which is really, really awesome. Keep these questions coming, guys. We'd like to have them on the show. We have a question from our Slack community from a member named Dan. And his question is about Braille displays. And he's curious how the QBraille XL works uh compared to the he writes the Focus 5 I'm guessing that's fifth generation
3: Focus 45th gen yeah. yeah
1: and TalkBack he is an accessibility tester who is getting into Android so you know the discussion has already been on Slack you know um BrailleBack is not the greatest but I'm curious if anybody out there knows anything about this about the um the two displays and if one works better with Android than the other, and I guess also it would be which one works really well with iOS, and that would be a good comparison too.
3: I know there's a lot of love out there for the Focus. Um and I I've never been a Focus fan. I just don't like their displays. I'm just a thing that I've I've held on to stubbornly. But I like the CubeRail a lot. I really do. It is a really fancy display. Um, and you can do a lot with it. So I, I'd be interested to know if anybody has successfully used it with Android and, and doing some of the, um, keyboard
2: commands and navigation and things like
3: that.
1: Yeah. So thanks Dan for the question. This is really awesome.
2: So I have a focus braille display, but I have not paired it with my phone very much. Um, so I and I've never seen a cube rail, so I don't know how they even compare just in normal display use. So if you have thoughts on this, send them to feedback at
3: iaccessibility.net.
1: Or the IACast channel on our Slack community.
3: Yep. Sl- uh, iaccessibility.net slash Slack.
1: Or both places, yes.
3: Yes, both is good. Both is great.
1: All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the IACast. And to end the show, Sarah, what is your pick for the week, and where can people find you online?
2: So um, people can send me email at sarah at iaccessibility.net, um, and Sarah is with an H. And people can find me online on Twitter at BioInstructor. But if you request me, please send me a message because it is a protected account. And my pick for this week is the I Radio Skill for your amazon device or your google nest device um i stumbled on this skill and hadn't really used it very much uh, until the past week and a half two weeks ago and now that i have discovered it i have found a couple very favorite radio stations so um my devices are getting much more of a workout than they normally do
1: awesome jason what about
0: you what is your pick and where can people find you online my pick is Netflix, and I picked Netflix because while I've had it for a while, even though i I feel like I'm like the only one on the show right now who can hear a difference, but I've never really been you are it's too okay. impressed with Netflix's <laughs> audio quality um I always felt like the highs were a little muted, a little held back from. Other services like Hulu. Um, But Netflix has recently implemented a new codec. I don't remember what it is, other than it does support adaptive streaming, which means it can adjust to your internet speeds and stuff. But it sounds really, really, really good. I definitely hear a difference. It sounds a lot closer to like a DVD or Hulu than I have ever heard from Netflix. And, um,. I was watching part of a show on my Ambios, which I love my Ambios for music playback and everything. Um, and it just, it sounded amazing. It was awesome. So um, I definitely encourage those of you who, um, and, and unless I'm the only person, those of you, if you exist, who could hear a difference, check out Netflix because it really sounds awesome now. Um, and as far as where people can find me online, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Twitter. That's jde91, Juliet Delta Echo 91 You can also search for me on Facebook. Just search for Jason Earls. And if you do decide to add me, please let me know that you have found me from the iacast network. And I'm also, of course, around in our Slack channels at iAccessibility.net slash Slack.
1: All right. Aaliyah. What is your pick, and where can people find you?
3: My pick for this week is a nice little shiny gadget that actually should have been in our news section. But since it's not, I'll talk about it right now. Anchor has released a little dongle for $30. Yes, ouch, 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 price tag. Um, That will convert a lightning-connected headset into a USB-C-connected headset. And so... This works really well for those of us who have Ambios, and and if you don't know what those are, see my pick from last time. For those of you who have Ambios, and you have something like a Windows PC with a USB-C port, or one of the newer MacBook Pros, or an Android phone or tablet that has USB-C on it, you want to use those Ambios On those devices because you know the MBOs were very expensive and you know you want a little bit more than one place to use them well this adapter solves this problem and you know nine to five Mac was a bit the person who wrote the article about this was a bit snarky and was like oh this is just expensive and I don't know who wants this but whatever and conveniently anchor sold out of them until May what was it you saw yesterday Michael the 30th yeah so apparently some people want them, and I am well, one of them. It's very sturdy, very th- uh, thick cable, very nicely built, and it works pretty well. has some quirks with my particular Windows machine. Sometimes I have to switch the sound away from the dongle and back in order to get the sound to the headset. And man, when I plugged in the headset for the first time, for some reason Windows had my volume cranked, and my ears died just a bit. Um, but yeah, those
0: ambios are so loud. Yeah, they are. Oh Oof. my goodness.
3: Yows. Although
0: I do have to say though, like I I feel like when nine to five Mac was writing that article, they may have been thinking about somebody who was trying to just use like the Lightning AirPod, uh, Lightning EarPods. Look at me yeah, new products. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it would make too much sense for that. I mean, I can't, you know, judge if that fits your needs. That's fine. But An something expensive like the Ambios or the. the... Yeah. yeah. But something expensive like the Pioneer Rays or the. Uh, I think it's Pioneer, but the Ambios, it... the Eurobeats. I could totally see it. I'm going to be getting one of these things.
3: Yes, you are. All right, and if you would like to find me online, you may do so. You can find me producing content at iAccessibility.net. You can follow me on Twitter at blindcowgirl199. And you can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A at iAccessibility.net.
1: All right, so my pick this week is not quite available yet, but it's in beta, and you can sign up for the beta, we'll link to that. And it's an app called secure shellfish and i know it has a funny name and it's a pun but basically it's an app that lets you log into servers and even jason even your mac from ios in the files app oh
3: my goodness
1: (laughs) (laughs) And with some how-to guides that I'm gonna write on eye accessibility, you can even make that be a Mac that you leave at home when you go out on the road. Woohoo! Man, so I would
3: have
0: shelfishly use that.
3: Ah, <laughs> <laughs> aren't you cute? And the developer has taken the time to label his buttons and is very receptive to feedback. I sent him... Yeah, yeah
1: tell this story.
3: So um, when you first open the app, you get a help screen. And it, it talks about enabling the location for the app in the files app. And it says, as shown below. Well, as shown below is a video um, or silent like animated step yes. process thing. Um and yes, thank you. It's GIF. Um uh but that's not helpful for voiceover users. So I emailed the, the emailed the developer and within not kidding, 30 minutes, not even not even 30 minutes, I had a response back from him and he's going to put a text alternative um in the app on the next build. So I'm super excited about that and he's actually you know paying attention to accessibility which i think is really really cool
2: that is really cool
1: this app is so well designed it looks like it was built by apple that's what's incredible and there is a pro upgrade during the beta it does not charge your account and gives you the features but i intend to pay the 699 to unlock the pro features of this app when it comes out it has iCloud support, guys. So you add a server on one device, you get it on the rest.
3: That's so cool. And SSH is. Now, is that 6 a month,
0: Michael, or is that a one time? One time. Oh.
3: I think Jason's happy. Oh my gosh. I wonder if there's <laughs> still um, beta slots. I don't know. If there are, Jason, you should get on the beta and help me test with VoiceOver.
0: I will, and I will be secure in the knowledge that I am. Shellfish. I am uh, being shellfish.
1: it's a wonderful app. I mean, I can edit files. Like I logged into the root uh, portion of our server and I can edit our scripts that I could use with Siri shortcuts from there. And that's powerful folks with an iPad, with a keyboard, you yet again, have more ability to make your device into a computer than ever before. Except for the aforementioned keyboard shortcuts
0: in... Don't mention keyboards right now. We can't help it, you (laughs) broke yours. Grr. But no, that is awesome. I'm so excited about this thing.
1: So yes, uh, we will have a link to the beta in the show notes if there's still slots available. But this is probably one of the coolest apps I've ever played with. And basically, you do add it as a location in your Files app, and it will show the locations. And the neat thing is it looks at the domain name that you add. So I added iAccessibility.net and got the favicon from the website and made it as the picture in the Files app. So it's accessible for low vision users as well.
3: You better hurry up and finish what you're talking about before one of our co-hosts, like, dies. Okay.
2: Yeah, this is not sounding good. (laughs) Jason, man, breathe, breathe.
3: On the
0: contrary, it sounds really good.
2: <laughs> I can't no, do I remote we CPR, dude.
0: Well, maybe you could contact him and he could add that as a feature. into the. <laughs> I mean, you can do remote
1: login, but that's about it. And that's actually how you set it up for the Mac. Is yeah, so
3: login. unless you're telling me you're an AI, I'm, I would suggest calming down. Yeah.
1: So with all that being said, if you want to get in contact with me, you can. I produce content for IA Accessibility. you can email me at mike doeys that's m-i-k-e-d-o-i-s-e at iaccessibility.net IA i'm mike doeys on twitter you can find me on facebook just search for michael doeys and mention that you found me on the iacast show and you can find me at beyondthegallery.app and michael putting up cool articles and stuff
3: all the things
1: all the things All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the IA Cast. Thank you so much, Dan, for asking your question. We'll come back to you with that. Thank you, everybody that's in our Slack community that's been on the stream. We had a pretty high turnout. We had up to 12 people this time, so that's been really cool. We are thankful for all of our listeners, and we want to thank Sarah for coming back and talking with us today on the show. It's been awesome.
2: Thank you for having me again.
1: But of course... All right. Stay tuned to learn how to get a hold of us, and we'll see you next week.
0: Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook. Search for iAccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android, and keep up with all of our content at iAccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website, and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at Patreon.com/IAcast. Thanks for listening. Copyright
1: 2019 iAccessibility LLC.